Hi, this is Hugh Greenwood from the North Melbourne Footy Club, and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. Here is your host, Dean Basich. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on X at hashtag Kangas, Instagram hashtag Kangaroos Podcast, TikTok hashtag Kangaroos One. So tonight I'm joined by Frank Descalza and Siobhan Rowe to go through our draft that has happened over the last few days. We obviously talked about the picks. Um, should we have gone best available early, even early? Um, what do we make of the picks? Does this make us a better team next year? There was a heap to go through. It was a fairly long episode. It was uh, probably about 45 to 50 minutes. So let's not waste any more of your valuable time and bring on Frank and Siobhan to talk about it. So let us speak of the AFL draft that has just happened over the last few days. And I have Frank and Siobhan Rowe to talk about it. Uh, welcome to you both. It's good to get a supporter's view and a draft expert like yourself, Siobhan, to chat about the draft. Um, let's start with you, Frank. And I guess the big talking point is that it pretty much went to script in that we went at best available with two and three or two and four. Uh, and then went uh, needs-based in the later part of the first round. Were you happy as a supporter with that strategy, Frank? Yes, I was, Dean, yeah. I think that that was probably the right way to go. Um, uh, we might, I think the whole uh, Horn Francis thing probably spooked us a little bit regarding taking a gamble on, um, well, I, I know McCurch is not Victorian, but he's not exactly at this stage going to go home and, uh, and play at Tassie. Uh, hmm. So I think I think all things considered, I know there was talk about Curtin. Uh, I think the club was probably uh, a bit gun shy uh, on that after what happened with um, Horn Francis. So I was happy that they went effectively two Victorian boys, uh, and then and then went uh, after needs based. After that, I think was uh, uh, the right whether it works or not, we don't know. But I think that was the right approach. No, fair enough. Uh, Sharon Rowe, we'll talk about who we got in a second, but what do you think on going past Nick Watson, who feels a massive need as a small forward, and I guess uh, Daniel Curtin, who's the best key defender in his class, and we lost Ben Mackay. Now, obviously, uh, Frank was um, a bit worried that uh, he might uh, go home factor, and that might have been uh, a problem um, down the road with the club. So I thought... That might have been a play, like to go even uh, needs-based early. But we've gone to pl- plays early that we have a million on our list in the midfielder in McKercher and a half-forward in uh, Dersma. What do you think? Yeah, it's really interesting. I think we all thought that the start of the draft was going to be fairly straightforward just with all the talk. And I think we were always going to take Colby McKercher. And I think we do have an absolute beauty there, um, speed, class, um, all of the above. So I do think we, we made the right choice. But the fact that Dan Curtin did slip as far as he did, um, I thought that maybe North might have thrown their hat in the ring for that GWS pick. Um, West Coast looked like they may have as well, but ultimately Adelaide were the beneficiaries of that. Um, there was conversations about Alistair Clarkson going to Perth and actually having a meeting with Dan Curtin, mm-hmm. which is why I was even more sold that we, if we didn't take him with um, two or three or what ends up being pick four, that we would potentially try and get that pick eight that um, that was being shopped around by the Giants. But Obviously not. I think this will be a thing that will be kind of told over the course of time, whether or not 
it was the right decision. Um, I do think he is a really quality player and someone that I would have liked to have seen us even take with the first two picks that we had. Um, but we don't know what the price was. But I don't think Adelaide gave up a lot to get that pick for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be interested to know why the club didn't go down that path. But obviously it was for a reason. And I trust that they, they did make the right call there. Um, we addressed that key defensive issue later on in the draft with Will Dawson, but he is going to take time. He's still 17. He's built really slight, um, fairly new to the game. So he's someone that will take time. And then of course, Hardiman as well. Um, Brilliant attitude. Seems like a great kid, which seemed to be a consistent theme for us, but someone again, that's not going to play on those um, Harry McKay's or Charlie Kernos is that more Mm -hmm. that running um, generating player. So, um, yeah, I, I think the draft was overall a really, really good one. But I don't, I don't know whether or not we necessarily address the Rocky defence for the short term. Um, and I still think that we're way too midfield heavy. But you couldn't pass on the likes of McKersha and Dersmer, who can play as a forward as well with the first two picks. Um, and like Frank mentioned before, we did address some more needs-based sort of um, selections later on. And I, I don't know whether or not we ever had real genuine interest in Nick Watson, which is kind of surprising um, to say, but... Uh, I always thought that he was going to end up at the Dogs or Hawthorne, even though he did feel that need for us. Um, and I do think that the Dersma might play that more medium forward role rather than genuine small role, which I still think we probably lack on our list. Um, yeah, there were a few players that I thought maybe we would make some sort of play for, um, but you, you can't have everyone, can you? <laughs> no, I, I definitely not. Um, Brady Rawling spoke today, Frank about um, Pick 8 and Daniel Curtin and why we kind of didn't uh, make a play for him. Brady Rawlings was quoted as saying that he didn't want to give up a future first um, to take him, which sounds like it w- would have been the offer. I, with uh, what Adelaide um, threw at them, I, I would have thought 15 and 17 would have been enough. But, um, yeah, next, and next year you'd probably have to think would be bottom five, again, or bottom four, which is a midfield-heavy draft. Now, we've got a uh, plethora of midfielders. We, we don't need any more, I don't think. Um, do you think we should have just bit the bullet and, like, take a go-home factor and we just talk about Daniel Curtin, a key position defender who can go through the midfielder, uh, who can go through the midfield. Do you think we should have just bit the bullet and just given up that future first to take a, someone like a Daniel Curtin or someone else, like even maybe a Connor O'Sullivan? Um, I think he was pick 11. Um yeah, what do you think, anyway? Oh no, not I'm not too concerned about it, Dean, um, because uh, we, you know, things can change. There's a number of players coming out of contract at the end of next year, so uh, you know the midfield may not look the same uh, as what we think it will. Um, so whether whether North, uh, you know, are thinking that uh, there, there may be players that need to be replaced next year. Uh, in the midfield, uh, you know, because they're going to leave or, or you know, uh, restricted free agency or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't too concerned about Daniel uh, trying to chase Daniel Curtin as the be-all and end-all. Um, uh, I, I think that I don't know whether 15 and 17 would have got it done. I'm not super – I don't know whether I would have been stoked about giving away those picks uh, either. Um uh, for pick eight, uh, oh, look, I, I, I think I'm, I'm comfortable that uh, that they went with who they did. 
uh, at those picks and didn't throw um, a first-round pick uh, away at Curtin. Well, I think, yeah, 15-17 turn, uh, turned out to be in the 20s, uh, realistically, in the end. So, yeah, um, yeah it's probably fair enough um, that yeah. uh, maybe maybe uh, GWS wouldn't have gone down that path. They did drop down uh, four, I think. They went down to number 12. Yeah. They got, they got back in with James Leake at number 17. So, yeah, no, they, they, they seem to have done all right. Siobhan, McKercher is rated as the best pure mid and Dersmer is rated as the best forward. Both look very exciting. I'm going to ask you a hard question. Is there a current player or past player that comes to mind that you can compare e- either of those two to? Oh, I like that question, actually. Um, I'm really excited uh, to see Colby McKercher in action for us. I think you can't ever, as much as we were just having this conversation before, I don't think you can ever have too many quality midfielders. And I think McKercher in there with the likes of <clears throat> Wardlaw and Simkin and Davies Uniac, it just gets us as supporters buzzing. I really think that part of the ground is where we're building a real um, force to be reckoned with in many ways. Um He's a left footer, which we've had many a conversation about Clarko and his left footer, so not necessarily surprised, I think. Um, he's certainly a ball winner, someone that has good pace. Um, I'd liken him in the way that he plays a little bit to like a Zach Merritt. I think he's a bit sort of silky, not necessarily that really strong um, bullocking type like we've seen with Cunders in the past, but more that um, silky player that can also run. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be a really exciting prospect for us and he'll just fill out over time and get more experience. So, um, yeah, I reckon he'll be an early starter for us next year. Um, and Dersma is an interesting one because I don't think he was in many people's calculations for that top five sort of pick until his year panned out as well as it did. So, um, yeah, he's got a good leap on him. I think he's well known for his decision-making and just his sort of footy IQ and smarts, and he can kick a goal. And, I mean, if you can't kick goals in this game, we're not going to kick a winning score, clearly. So I really feel like um, he's another smart selection and someone that we can use um, as that sort of medium-type forward. Um it's, it's an interesting position on the ground, though, because I think this is a, a shape-up or ship-out kind of call to Zerha and some of the others that we have there because, obviously, Dersma is going to be pushing for selection early on in the year. Um, still slight, so I don't think he'll play much midfield minutes. But, um, yeah, really exciting for us. And he's a more a difficult one to kind of put a finger on. But um, I know he's mentioned that he plays similar to Toby Green um, and wants to kind of be that sort of presence where um, can make an impact on the game and, and kick a snag when it's much needed for the team. Um, so, yeah, another really exciting pick with those two that we've got there. And obviously you expect your pick three and your pick four to um, to be long-term, really quality players and um, you're not necessarily taking a risk with those guys. So I imagine they'll be part of the next premiership side for the Roos. Yeah, hopefully not too far away. I thought you might have um, mentioned Jared Pollock as a player comp uh, to Colby McCutcheon. <laughs> so, yeah, people were, I said that uh, as a joke the other day on Twitter, and people were coming at me and uh, having a go at me. But uh, yeah, clearly, uh, I, I had to put a laughing emoji or something at the end. Um, Frank, um, very interesting points by Siobhan. Um, this might make uh, things very interesting for some players next season on the fringes. And where do you think this leaves players like Curtis Taylor and Tom Powell? Because they really, they could really be on the outer now, uh, couldn't they? Along with the Charlie Lazaro as well, he's going to struggle for opportunity. 
Yeah, absolutely, Dave. And that's the thing. Uh, uh, um, I know people have sort of said, oh, we're, we're, we're going a bit top heavy on those six foot, six foot one type mids. But it's not like the ones that we've got currently uh, are absolutely locked into our best 22. So uh, I, I think if that puts pressure on, on Curtis Taylor and, and Cam Zerhar and, and uh, you know, your, your Luke McDonald's and everybody to all of a sudden go, geez, I'm not an automatic selection uh, because there's these five young kids breathing down our necks, then, yeah, I, I'm all for it. So um, I, I think um, – Absolutely. There'll be pressure on, I mean, there'd be pressure on Tristan Sherry, you know I mean? With what, with what we've, uh, with what we've picked up. I mean, they're not saying that he's not going to be the first ruck, but if you're Tristan Sherry, you're sitting there and you're thinking, geez, they seem to be addressing a hole in the ruck situation here. Maybe I've, you know, I've really got to bite down and, and uh, lift because um, yeah, not only him, but I think there's a number of guys there that would be um, wanting to pull their finger out. Oh, it definitely uh, puts uh, yeah pressure on uh, players uh, to perform. That's for sure. The cream always rises to the top. So if they're good enough, um, they'll they'll find a way in. Especially players like Curtis Taylor and Tom Peel, uh, yep. who are coming out of contract next year. So a big year for those individuals, as well as Charlie Lazaro, Cameron Zuha. So yeah, very interesting. Um, mm. Siobhan, tell us a little about the later picks. Riley Hardiman looks like a good user of a foot of the ball, a left footer, of course. Uh, Taylor Goad. Uh, and Will Dawson and rookie pick uh, today, Finn Finbar Maley. Uh, besides having a great name, he, he sort of looks okay. Um, they look like long-term project players who I expect to develop at VFL level next season. Or do you see something else in either of those picks? Um, what can you tell us about those players? Yeah, I think um, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Taylor Go will certainly be a project player. Um, 36 centimetres and 97 kilos, so certainly not slight. Um, but uh, ex-basketball background, which I'm sure we've spoken about uh, quite a lot. He's also a ruckman that's really agile, so has really great pace. Um, also can compete at ground level, which is what you need in a ruckman. And you mentioned before, I certainly think that with Todd Goldstein leaving, the ruck was a void that we needed to fill. And I think the Roosters um, knew that Adelaide had an interest and um, that's why we snapped him up with pick 20. Um, a project player. So I wouldn't expect him to play early in the season unless his VFL form's outstanding, which is, it's possible, but it's more his pace and his follow-up work that's so impressive. And I think the upside with him is really um, quite special and models his game on a max score. And so when you have that type of idol, I think um, you're on the right track. So um, a great selection there, I think, in terms of a need basis for us. And I think it's very similar um, with Will Dawson, who was the youngest player in the draft. Um, only still 17 but again that raw athleticism as a key defender 200 centimeters 86 kilos um, can play at both ends of the ground so um, a swing man uh, he can also play in the ruck a little bit too so he's got that versatility um, certainly it helps us feel that Ben Mackay hole on the list uh he's that pure kind of key defender um great intercept mark from all reports uh he looks like he started his career as a forward but um has that kind of flexibility and mobility another uh 
kind of agile player as well. Um, but I think what we might have really liked from him is his intercept marking and um, his form in the under 18 certainly warranted um, a selection. So it's great to see him on our list. Um, and I think that the sneaky that will probably, in my opinion, play a lot of senior footy this year for us is Riley Hardiman. Um, you just had to watch the draft coverage to see how happy he looked to get selected by us. Um, so good. I think he's become probably one of my new favourite players at the club just because of his attitude. Um, he's got great leadership experience, uh, great speed, and is a line breaker, which we certainly need to add in there. So um, pacey, uh, creative, think Luke McDonald, but like a younger version and hopefully a little bit more skilled at times. Oh, um, <laughs> Lee from the front by all reports. Um, yeah, he's a he's played senior footy, um, which is a huge thing. I think playing against the bigger bodies in the waffle um, says that he is is and has able to is was able to compete against the bigger bodies. Um, and I, I do think having him in the side, maybe in replacement of Harry Sheasel off half back to free up Sheasel to play forward, um, he'll just provide a great lethal left boot again, run, drive creativity off halfback which we've really cried out for for a little while so um yeah look for him to kind of come in and, and play a role really early on and then obviously today um pick number two in the rookie draft Finbar Maley with, with the great name um another forward ruck uh probably more a ruckman um played for Altham um I was actually at that game watching a friend um, this year. So a local boy to, to myself, 197 centimetres, again, a basketball background, can play ruck up forward. Um, he six goals in that, that premiership win for Altham. So um, can show he can, he can uh, kick, kick a goal too. So certainly a long-term prospect, I would think, even at 197 centimetres, 91 kilos, um, a project ruckman. But I have a feeling that he'll probably um, – take a little bit of time that might come on and, and even challenge um, the likes of Gould and Sherry in the near future. Yeah, and Callum Coleman-Jones, I suppose, as well. Yes. Yeah, apparently, can, um, yeah, he can go forward as well. He played a little bit forward um, for in the VFL um, team, team. So, yeah, look, obviously kicking six goals in the grand final for Alton, uh, yeah, you can certainly get down there. Um, he certainly looks like an exciting prospect. and, and leap really, too. I think his leap is really... Um, you can tell that he's hungry to, to mark the ball, which is great. Yeah, I think uh, Giant Roo put up um, a, a highlights package on X, uh, if anyone wants to check it out, that's uh, in the grand final in particular for Altham. And it looked pretty good. He took a lot of contested marks. So, yeah, no, we'll see see how we go with that one. Uh, Frank, are you surprised when you draft a small forward or are you okay with it? Because your favourite player in Kane Turner isn't on the list anymore. Oh, I nearly died when I heard Jack Marnie's name in the rookie <laughs> draft, Dean, but uh, I realised it was Gold Coast. Um Yes and no. Um, I guess maybe availability. There might not have been anyone at uh, you know at, at pick forty odd that really um, uh, really took us. But yeah, look, I will say about uh, Nick Watson. I, I, I was a little nervous about pick four on a hundred and seventy centimeter yeah. uh, player. I mean, I, look, he may become the next Boomer Harvey or uh, uh, Kaiseya Pickett. But at 170 centimetres, if he doesn't work out as a small forward, you're not going to swing him to 
centre half back or uh, or on a half back flank. Um, so yeah, as much as I think we needed him, I think pick four might have been a, a bit rich for us for him. So I guess for us, Dean, the uh, the search continues for that elusive small creative forward. Yeah, I mean, it might uh, looks like uh, Harry Sheasel might be the answer there next year. I, I would have to think, like uh, Siobhan mentioned earlier, uh, I think they'll go with, you know, maybe a Riley Hardiman. I mean, we've got Josh Goder and a number of others that um, yep. yeah, can't play that role. So, yeah, we'll see uh, in, in the next few months what happens and what transpires there. Uh, Siobhan, is there any pl- uh, anyone or a player that you would have liked for us to take? I know you mentioned Ollie Murphy a while back. Yeah. that we should look at. He actually slid to the 40s, and James Leake uh, seemed to slide a little too. Was there anyone that you liked or you would have thought would uh, have fit in quite well, whether it was early or late in the draft? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think what we've done with our draft hall is looking at the future and now, and I think we've recruited good people and also something that I think is now a non-negotiable in the team is being a good kick. All of them have elite sort of foot skills. Um, As we were approaching that pick in the 40s that we had, I was a little bit surprised to see us traded away to Port Adelaide. Ollie Murphy was one that I was really keen on us having a good look at. Rated in the top 20, 25, key defender from the Sandringham Dragons who slid all the way to Fremantle. He was one. Um, Another player in Ari Schoenmaker who was actually one, I think it was the second last pick of the entire draft, pick 62, who was also a key defender, like a, a solid sort of key defender playing for Tassie. Um, was surprised we maybe didn't have a look at him, even though we had picked up two defenders in Hardiman and Dawson. Uh, obviously, the, the curtain debate was sort of raging on a little bit for us in the background there. Um, in terms of players that came after our pick, um, Archie Roberts, who slid all the way to pick 54, again, sort of that medium-sized defender. Uh, I was surprised maybe we didn't take a risk on a George Stevens, who's a midfielder, um, medium-sized defender from the GWB Rebels, who also slid to pick 58. I mean, there's always mm. those stories that you look back on after a draft where you go, how did that player end up at that pick? Or why did he? Why did we not swoop on him when we had the chance? So um, I'm not saying there's anyone that sort of was glaringly missed. Um, but some players were... Uh, in there. around our pick as well, there was um, Ashton Moyer, who Carlton ended up swooping on with pick 29. Um, if we were looking for a small forward, maybe even a Lance Collard, who went in the 20s as well. Um, but I do, do think we did well in addressing our needs. Um, but there's always a pick or a player where um, you're shocked that you didn't maybe select them earlier or, or go hard for them, I guess. Um, yeah, don't forget Nick Larky was pick 73. So there's always a diamond in the rough. So I think the fact we didn't use the last selection and traded it um, was a bit of a surprise. Just take a punt on someone, I guess, just use the pick and see what you can get for it. But um, overall, I think it was a pretty good draft and um, one we'll hopefully look back on with great joy. It's funny, uh, Brady Rawlings was uh, interviewed today and he sort of said he wanted to get uh, back into, into the draft in the 30s and he offered a future second rounder to a couple of clubs um, because he was interested in some players. I don't, he didn't mention which players uh, that uh, he wanted to really recruit and then he said uh, by the time pick 48 came around, um, there was no one that they wanted. Uh, basically, um, their, their their board pretty much cleared by then. So, yeah, um, so I traded out of that. Do you um, think that we should have looked at maybe a Sean Manor? 
as a small forward experience played for Werribee. We've got Michael Barlow across from, from Werribee. Do you think that's someone maybe we should have traded up for or you're happy that maybe we went with the, the young kids rather than the mature age? What do you think, Frank? Um, yeah, Sean Manor had a very good grand final, had a very good year for Werribee. 26 years old, though. Um, is he a small forward, uh, Siobhan? Has he played in that role before, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think, Frank, anyway? Uh, look, I, I think uh, – I wonder, Dean, whether there's um, uh, a financial aspect to this as well, being, yeah. uh, being able to get someone on a rookie contract as opposed to a senior list and that they may have wanted to leave that that last pick open for, for uh, Finbar. Um, so I don't know the machinations of a, a senior list contracted player versus a rookie. Um, but, yeah, that, that sort of crossed my mind uh, that maybe that's why they traded away. And uh, I don't think Port Adelaide have got a, um, a live pick in round two or three next year currently because of the Radigalia trade. So it, I suspect maybe Port came to us and, and said, uh, look, we, we're happy to, to move up to 48. The best we've got is a f- next year's fourth round. So we took it uh, that we weren't using it. As far as um, uh, who was the chap's name that you mentioned, Dean? Um, uh, uh, Manor. Sure, Manor. Yeah. Yeah. Again, mate, we've, have we got a few sort of uh, mid sized half forwards? Mm. You, you, we're not exactly lacking them. Um, and at 26, uh, I think at 26, Dean, you want to fill a, a hole that's desperate. Like had he been best on ground as a centre-half forward or a centre-half back, you might go, well, that that's probably something that we need addressing and he can address it immediately. Um, I don't know that we're sort of in desperate need of um, – another mid half forward goal kicker, but yeah, look, who knows? But I wasn't sort of super desperate to, to, uh, to land him. No, I mean, I think Geelong's in a different spot. They're trying to get the mature age uh, players that are ready to play straight away because they're, they're really, they really think they're, it's the last tilt <coughs> for Patrick Dangerfield, uh, you know, uh, premiership, I guess. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and the, whereas we're in a bit of a different spot. And like you, you mentioned, if you're going to get a 26-year-old, you want to fill a need. And I guess Toby Pink is one of those players that's uh, filled a need for us. He's 25. So, yeah, yeah. He, he's, a, he's not – well, we're certainly hoping he's a like for like replacement for Ben McKay. But, um, yeah, sort of – an intercept, uh, you know, big-bodied defender that, um, yeah, was very good in the sand fill, uh, especially in the grand final. Uh, Siobhan? How good is Harley Reid? And the offer and price was uh, too high for him, but was a big asking price justified by West Coast? Because will he be that good? Oh, Dean, this is a conversation I'd love to have with you in five years' time. <laughs> I always yeah. feel like it's very easy to make snap judgments after the draft and even having this conversation with you now, I think all of us are kind of putting titles on players and you never know, we could come out and... Will Gould could be playing in uh, in round one. So you, you never know what's sort of around the corner. Um, Harley Reid was the deserved number one pick. Was he worth the asking price that West Coast were um, potentially wanting from us? The answer to that's no. I'm really glad that we ended up keeping both selections two and three um, and then cave to that demand. So there's no doubt he's going to be a really, really good player. Um 
and we'll probably watch on and go, if only we hadn't won that game in round <coughs> three or whatever will go, go through our minds. But at the same time, I truly think the players in McKercha and Dersma that we do have, two is better than one for where we're at, where at the moment. I think that we need as much quality on the list in quantity form rather than just one quality player. And the top two that we, we got are certainly quality players and young men. So, um Harley Reid is worth pick number one, um, was the deserved crown kind of winner of that. But um, I think in the long run, we'll benefit out of having two quality players rather than just the one. Yeah, well answered. Uh, Frank, we did a trade on draft night, like you said, with pick 48 going out for a future fourth rounder. What I found bizarre is that two picks later, GWS traded their pick 50 for a future third rounder. I don't think it's going to matter. But we did it last year as well, where we traded pick 43, I think uh, it was, for a future fourth rounder to Fremantle. Frank, what's going on here? Am I missing something? Couldn't we just uh, gone to St Kilda and got the better offer? Well, I suspect that St Kilda possibly didn't weren't offering anything. At that, That's all I can think of, Dean, is that uh, St Kilda may not have been interested in taking that pick 48, therefore didn't offer anything. Port did. And their best available pick was was um, uh, was a fourth rounder. Um, so yeah, I, I, I get it. Uh, if St Kilda, if it came out that St Kilda did come to us and offered a third round, and we said no, we'll take Port's fourth rounder, then you would say that that was uh, negligent. But I suspect St Kilda, uh, you know, may have seen something a pick or two later that they didn't expect to be there, and therefore. Um, you know, took that uh, took that uh, that pick, uh, but I don't think I could be wrong. But I don't think Port have anything in round two or three live next year. No, I think you're right there, um, Siobhan, Have we got any father sons for next year? I did hear Riley Stevens, uh, Anthony Stevens' son, as mentioned for next year. I'm not. I, I don't. I couldn't tell you anything about him. Uh, there's a few people sort of saying he's probably not going to make it. But uh, could that be a reason why we went to? Um, just get uh, points for a future fourth rounder? It was a really strange decision. I wasn't sure. And I think when the next pick flashed up and it was a future third round, I thought, wait a minute, what have I missed here? <laughs> but um, it's possible it's going to be used for River Stevens. Um, he certainly won't be a player that will go in the top handful or top 20 but maybe we are looking at the future of reserving um, potential academy picks or father-son picks for that otherwise it doesn't really make a lot of sense so that's your only kind of um, summation I can think is that we're trying to bank as many kind of picks for points as possible mm, yeah no, I guess we'll have to ask Rawlings that uh, it was still better than Nesson and what they did gave up pick 31 yeah. which ended to be pick 36 to go at one spot from 11 to 10, who Jawan weren't going to select. Well, uh, I, yes. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Dean, and the funny thing is, Dean, on the Fox footy coverage, they said, oh, uh, another huge win for Adrian Dodoro. Uh, yeah, that I, was that Ablett. Yeah, Ablett. yeah, that was Mick Ablett. And I'm thinking, hang on, they've, got, they've moved up a spot for a bloke that Geelong didn't want and gave away pick 31 for it. And I thought, yeah. now that's that's – unexplainable. I think what we did was, I hope, that with pick 48, we weren't going to use it. So the club went, okay, well, we're going to can this pick or pass. And then Port came to us and said, how about a fourth rounder for it? We can use it. And we went, a fourth round is better than passing. And we took it. Uh, what would have shocked me is if we had a used pick 72. 
Uh, and then I would have gone, well, that makes no sense because we why give up 48? But, um, yeah, that one by Essendon and Geelong was truly bizarre. Yeah, shout out to Adrian Dodora for being shit at his job for 20-plus years, but still keeping his job somehow. I don't yeah. know. He must know how to talk his way out of um, something. Yeah, he, bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Siobhan, um, what are your expectations as a supporter now? You can take your draft out off now. I know you've asked you some tough questions, but do you expect more wins next season to be more competitive for longer in games now? Oh, that yeah, it's um, I think the hype of the draft is really easy to get swept up in. I know it's one of my favorite times of the year, and you get in these new players that are exciting and feel needs for your club, and it's all kind of really a a great time to be part of. But to be really fair, if you look at the players that we've actually lost, now I'll get to the more positive side of things very soon, but. It's, it's a lot of experience that's gone out the door. Some Deadwood, yes, but you've got the likes of Zeeble and Cunnington and Mackay, um, uh, Goldstein. There's quite a few players there that held up an end um, and now they're not going to be there. And we're kind of back to the drawing board a little bit with the, how sheerly kind of young we are. Um I could be wrong and there could be youthful exuberance come in and it's a completely different story. I'm really concerned about the look of our defence. Until I see the way it looks and the way we play, um, I will still remain concerned about it. Um, Dawson and Pink and McDonald and uh, Core without Logue there really sort of still worries me. But in saying that, I think um, Jeter's our midfield look good. That's a part of the ground where... um, yeah, it's kind of unexplainable how exciting that is for us. And they're all youngsters that have talent to burn. So that's really exciting. And the likes of Dylan Stevens on a wing and Fisher off half back is something that's kind of tantalising for all of us. And I think um, hopefully a fit and firing combin, whether that's in the forward line or the back line, will help. And um, I'd like to see more of CCJ down there assisting Larky. We know we've got a genuine kind of superstar in Nick Larky. So, um yeah, hopefully she's a lot forward. There are so many things that we can really look forward to and be positive about. Um, but in terms of your question, Dean, and wins and losses, I would hope that we would at least kind of double our wins. So looking at maybe six. Um, but the, we, uh, the fixture came out and it's hard to see exactly where we might get on a little run or um, pinch a win. But I'd hoped five to six would be sort of my expectation. And I guess just improving in regards to um, how competitive we are and um, how players are improving week to week is kind of the marker for mine too. And watching a really cool game plan unfold and watching the players buy into that game plan is where I'll be kind of making a bit more judgments on the team, I guess. Yeah, uh, just yeah, just on that, Frank. Uh, we certainly are looking more outside and being faster and more athletic with how we have recruited and drafted. Judging on the round twenty three game, and I know it's a very small sample size against Gold Coast, we might be an exciting team and kick some big scores. Like uh, Siobhan said, I think forward forward of centre would we'll, we'll, we've got a you know um, the right mm. piece in place. Obviously, the the back half is a bit of a concern, like she said, but we may concede some big scores, but. Um, we might uh, score some big scores, which is good for football, I think. Uh, is that uh, what you are hoping? What I'm hoping, Dean, is that there isn't a 21-week gap between wins or <laughs> yes. whatever it is. Uh, mm. So I can handle four wins, 
I can handle six wins. I'd love eight wins. But what I don't want is like three at the start of the year and then 18 losses and then winning the last three when they may be dead rubbers. So I would like to see a more consistent uh, effort throughout the year where we're competitive and, and maybe win every fifth week or every fourth week. Um, and pinch games like we should have probably against the Swans and the Bombers uh, and things like that. Um, the back line is going to probably be the concern. I've got I've got great faith in Charlie Common. I think he'll go back to centre-half back. When I say back, I think he'll go to centre-half back uh, and, and fill that breach, and I think he'll do that admirably. It really depends on now how all the, the midfielders – and that gelled together uh, and, and and work as a unit. Um, there's certainly the potential to move the ball quickly, score lots of goals, which we'd love to see. God, God, I'd love to see that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd love to see us kick 100 points, Dean. It would be amazing. Yes. Uh, but um, it, it'll all depend on how quickly they gelled together. But I, like anyone, I'm, I'm really hopeful that, they can, um, you know, sort of get some really good synergies early and get some confidence. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we're certainly hoping that. And, yeah, we're certainly hoping uh, round 23 is a sample of uh, what we might produce uh, next year. Um, just on that, uh, Siobhan, a fixture has come out. Uh, we've got GWS round one. Uh, not the most exciting fixture for round one, is it? Not at all. I mean, <laughs> if you ask my opinion on this, uh, what are they calling, open rounds, not necessarily a, a big fan of that. Maybe that's just the traditionalist in me, but I've always liked seeing um, round one start with Richmond and Carlton at the MCG. And uh, I know what they're trying to do. I think that they've got the, the deliberate matchups of those exciting prelim finals and um, Grundy v Melbourne and, um, they've set it up nicely, but yeah, it um, kind of leaves you wanting a little bit more, I think. And uh, by the looks of it, we we do have the second easiest draw in the competition according to Champion Data. But when you've won only a handful of games and you've you've landed second last every week, seems like a challenge. So um, I've got no doubt that it'll be heads down, thumbs up for for working hard at at like uh, Frank mentioned, trying to just maybe squeeze that gap between wins a little bit more and becoming more competitive every game. And um, you raise a great point about playing sort of like a, we've recruited a lot of, for a lot of speed and um, drive and um, left foot kind of talks, I guess. Um, and I'm excited to see that. And hopefully that lends itself to us being competitive against against sides like GWS who do also like playing that brand of footy. And I think that's where we're going as a game. I think um, the teams that have, damaging forwards and quick ball movement are the ones that are playing um, in finals. So, yeah, every every week will be a challenge for us, but the fixture looks fairly friendly. Um, I'd like your opinion maybe on how many games we have in Tassie because it does seem like there's quite a, a big gap between games in Melbourne and also the one game with the MCG again for us. Uh, look, I think generally when you finish near the bottom, and we have been finished near the bottom for the last few years, and you know um, we're not really drawing a big crowd. We haven't been playing exciting football. There hasn't been much stability at the club. I think, yeah, I mean, you're not going to get uh, the most exciting games. You're not going to get MCG games. Um, you're not going to, yeah. I mean, we're probably, yeah. You know, we, we've still got Good Friday, which is good. 
Um, we still got that as our you know major uh, game for the year, I guess. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised we drew GWS first up. I mean, yeah, we, we probably don't deserve anything more than we're getting at the moment. And until we become a competitive uh, team and and a good team and a good team to watch, um, then that's when the, the fixture will uh, turn for us. And yeah, we might be able to get three or four Friday night games and you know, uh, you know three or four MCG games. But uh, I guess Frank, we just got to make finals next year, and that's we'll, we'll get uh, more MCG games. <laughs> well, it's as simple as that, Dean. When you put it yeah. that way, Dean, I don't understand why we haven't done it for the last four years. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, you're right. We, you, I completely agree, Dean. I think we're getting what we deserve. Uh, and that is a, uh, you know, we're, we're not uh, one of the big clubs. Uh, we're playing, or we have been playing, awful football uh, and, and not uh, an interesting brand of footy that draws neutral supporters. So we weren't going to get, um, yeah, anything super exciting, unfortunately. But it's a, you know, it is a fluid sort of fixture. If we could, uh, you know, win a few games early and who knows, pinch a good Friday game all of a sudden. Um, you know, it, it, things may change. Yeah, I, I think, uh, Siobhan, uh, we've won, uh, in the last four years, we've won a total amount of games that uh, it takes uh, to play finals in one year. We've won 12. So we're probably not going to get too many uh, favours <laughs> in that regard as far as our uh, fixtures or, or games at the MCG. So, yeah, look, no. it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, I guess... One final one for you, Siobhan. Do you think McKercher and Dersma are in the round one team next season? Well, big question. Uh, McKercher, yes. Dersma, no. Um, and I don't think that they'll throw McKercher straight into the midfield. I do have a feeling they'll probably ease him into the competition off halfback. And yeah. we'll see Harry Shees will play a lot more forward. I certainly think Dersma will, will play in 2024, just maybe not round one. I still think he's a little slight um, and has probably more spots that he's competing for. But um, in saying that, there could be a complete surprise and we could have um, one of the other later picks play early too. But McCursha um, is a lock for mine. If I can interrupt there, Siobhan, I will say one thing about Dersma. A very good friend of mine played football with his father uh, and has watched him down at Foster over the last couple of years and said, absolutely put your house on him, getting a Mark of the Year nomination. Ooh. So he is a notorious uh, high flyer. Yes, that's good to hear. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't witnessed it myself. But he said he used to put on quite the aerial exhibition down at uh, at Foster in the uh, in the Gippsland League as he came up as a junior. Good. Yeah, I did notice uh, Troy Makepeace was happy we recruited a couple uh, Gippsland boys. Yes, uh, yes. So we got so my my great friend grew up and played footy for Foster, uh, and then of course Will Dawson's a Lee and Gather boy. Uh, so that uh, they're all sort of well arch rivals, but you know it's a pretty tight knit community down there in that league. So. Uh, I'm not surprised that uh, Troy Makepeace being a Moe boy, I think. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, he'd be pretty uh, stoked to get another couple of Gippsland power boys uh, on the list. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he, he was very happy by the uh, tweet he did uh, the other day. So, yeah, good to good to see. Uh, in saying that, uh, do you think uh, both those boys will be in the round one team next season, uh, if you had to say now, Frank? Uh, no, I don't think both. I think one will, uh, and I couldn't say which one at this stage. 
I think they'll probably expose one of them. Uh, the other one being, of course, uh, let's not forget Braden George, um, yes. who, who um, uh, you know, I, I didn't obviously didn't see play last year, but saw him running uh, uh, as our runner in the twos and looked every bit the physical, physically ready to play senior footy. So I'm interested to see where he fits into the whole thing. Another sort of crafty half forward. Um, so I think McKercher, Dersma, I think one of them will probably get a look in maybe round one, but maybe two or both of them might just be physically a little bit um, going in a bit underdone. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it seems to be the consensus that McKercher will be in the round one team. And I like that position for him too, Shimon, off the halfback flank. I think he can give us real drive uh, from there. And he'd probably be a good replacement for Harry Sheasel if he decides to uh, move up forward, which seems to be um, the opinion uh, from a lot of supporters at this stage. Shimon, do you, did you want to add anything else before I let you go? Not so much, Dean. I just think uh, it's an exciting time. I think the last two drafts, if we get those right, I feel like the wheels are in motion. I hope next year that we're not getting a pick one or pick two. I'm really hopeful that um, slowly but surely we'll start winning enough games to kind of not be in that conversation. But the more talent we get through the door, the better we're going to be as a club. And I'm just really hopeful that all five, six of the selections that we've we've taken this year will be part of our next premiership side. So I just I, I'm I can't stress enough how important it is we get these choices right at this point in in our development and um fingers crossed that, that it is the case because I mean it's a really, really exciting time. I think um yeah the the boys we've brought in are, are great people as well as great players. So yeah exciting times for us. Yeah, definitely high-character individuals. And we have um, rejigged the um, development team as well at the club, so hopefully that will make a difference as well. Uh, Frank, anything else before I let you go? Two quick things, Dean and Siobhan. I pray for a turnaround in soft tissue injuries yes. and uh, and that, that kind of um, rehab management, which we've had absolutely no luck in for the last four or five years. It just seems anyone that pulls a hamstring or a calf misses eight weeks. Um, so I pray that that changes and I want to nominate Finbar Malley as uh, the greatest bush ranger name uh, I've ever heard. And I think we should start referring him to, to him as the bush ranger because that is uh, one of the best names I've ever heard. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I remember his old man, I think he might have played for the South East Melbourne Magic uh, in basketball, uh, Paul Maley. Um, yeah, so, yeah, full, I don't know where the hell he got the name fin, Finbar from, but, um, yeah, wh- whatever works, I guess it uh, stands out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is uh, which is not a bad thing. Uh, well, Siobhan, uh, thanks so much for coming on tonight. I appreciate it, and I'm sure I'll chat to you soon. Absolutely. What a pleasure to be on with Frank as well. Always love the boys' chats on the Monday and the Tuesday. So, yeah, great to be part of it. And um, go Roos. And hopefully, like Frank said, we have a pretty smooth pre-season and it leads into an exciting year for us. Frank, pretty nice words from Siobhan. Yes. Um, yeah, always a pleasure. And we will chat to, to you soon as well. Thank you very much, Dean. Thank you, Siobhan, for the lovely words. And we'll chat again very soon. So thank you very much to those individuals for coming on the show once again and thank you very much to all you lovely listeners for all the likes retweets and comments you all put out for the show it's much appreciated i couldn't do this podcast without your support so if you can leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform you use as well that would be awesome 
And don't forget to subscribe as well to your favourite podcast platform you use as well. That would be very, very good. Uh, It definitely helps out the show. So that's it for tonight. I should be back tomorrow night with a couple of the AFLW girls. Um, Obviously a big game coming up this weekend, the biggest game in the club's history coming up on Sunday. So I plan to have a couple of girls on tomorrow, which should be a good fun chat. So look out for that show. And there might even be another show after that, um, maybe uh, on Friday as well. Uh, Probably um, maybe talk a bit more about the draft, how our list is going. But there's still plenty more shows coming up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I do have some some shows lined up, so look out for that. Anyways, that's it for tonight. So tonight, I will leave a shout-out to Colby McKercher, our newest recruit and number two pick to the club. Bye for now, and go Roos.